welcome to our ninth and final session in our series, Lost and Found. My prayer is that you've been joining me through this series in asking God to show us things that we need to lose so we can find the life He wants us to find. And as we continue to do that and make it our lifestyle, we will see a harvest of God's nature produced in our lives. Since this is our final session, let's take a moment and see that we've learned first to take on Jesus' perspective, that losing something isn't always a bad thing, right? Losing our sinful, fleshly nature is a positive thing, and it leads us into a life of knowing God more. And then we learned that there's always this conflict going on within us between our fleshly nature and the Spirit of God in us. But we don't have to be ruled by our fleshly nature. The Spirit of God will give us victory over our flesh and develop more of His nature in us. But we have to choose to let Him right? And we do that by simply calling on Him and asking for His help, talking to Him about everything and listening to Him speak to us personally and through His Word, and then letting Him help us follow what He speaks to us step by step. And one of the keys that we learned is the power of the love of God. When we truly believe that God loves us personally. That gives us the strength and the confidence to be able to let go of things that we need to let go of because we know He's got us and He has good things ahead of us. And then we talked about some of the things we might need to let go of, right? First, we talked about fear. We said fear will come, but we have a choice how we respond to it. We can accept it and live in bondage to it and let it paralyze us, or we can call on God and ask Him to help us and get in His Word and let faith rise up in our hearts and meditate on His love for us and let the confidence of His love drive fear out and move us forward. And then we talked about hurt and pain and we saw that it will come. We live in this fallen world, it will come, but we have a choice how we respond to it. We can dig our heels in and refuse to forgive and become hateful and bitter and angry with God, or we can call on God and let Him help us and get in His Word and let Him bring hope and healing and help us move forward. And then we also talked about our fleshly desires. They're present here because we all live in this fleshly shell, right? And they will try to take us down a road of instant gratification, but often long-term disappointment and emptiness. And so we have a choice. We can give into the works of our fleshly nature, or we can ask God for help and let His Spirit produce his fruit in our lives. And we looked at the works of our flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. You know, there are many ways our fleshly nature wants to try to control our lives. Another way our flesh wants to take charge is by simply wanting our own way. Anybody ever wanted to be right and wanted everyone to agree with you and wanted your own way? I think we've all been there. Anybody ever want to be right in an argument? 
Sometimes we just want to be right when it's a silly thing that doesn't even matter. We just want to be right, right? <laughs> we want our own way. We want people to do it our way. We want people to see it the way we see it. Sometimes wanting our own comforts or things, or sometimes we want people that we've become attached to. Maybe there's a friendship or a dating relationship that you know is not a relationship that God wants you to be in, but you just want that relationship. Can I tell you, God never leads us to let go of a relationship to punish us. If he leads us to let go of a relationship, we can be assured that it's because he has another relationship that will be a better fit for us and for his purposes for our life. And it's not going to be a relationship that we don't like. I've heard people say, oh, I'm, I'm scared to break up with this person. I know God doesn't want me to be with them, but does that mean that God's going to bring someone into my life that, that I don't, I'm not really going to like? Of course not. That is silly. God is going to bring someone who will bring joy to your life. You can rest assured of that. All right. Sometimes we become comfortable in a place and we want to stay there when God has something new for us. I've had a few times in my life where God has had something new and it meant geographically moving me from one place to another. And in the midst of it, I did not want to move. I was comfortable. I had my friends around me. I liked my home. I loved where I was and what I was doing. I wanted to stay there. But I had a choice. I could stay and be disobedient, or I could surrender what I wanted in exchange for what God wanted. And you know, each of those times I said, okay, and I went to the next place, but I still had another choice. Actually, I had daily choices. I could go with a bad attitude. I could go kicking and screaming the whole way or I could ask God to help me see through his eyes and help me love this new place and fulfill his assignment there. And to be honest, at first, I think there was probably a little bit of both, a little bit of kicking and screaming and a little bit of calling out on God and asking for his help. But what I learned was that as long as I kept talking to God about it and asking him to help me, he did. And Every time after I'd been in that new place for some time, I found so much joy and fulfillment that I would not have gone back even if I could. I have found a harvest of God's faithfulness in my life, and I have learned that we can always trust God. And I've learned that it's okay to lose our wants in exchange for God's wants for us. He always has good things in store. Okay, so we've talked a lot about things that we might need to lose along the way, but now, what do people typically think of when they think of finding their life? 
often we hear people say, oh, I've got to find myself. I've got to figure out who I really am. I've got to find the real me, my true identity, right? But they go about that search in their own efforts and very often do it by looking at what their own fleshly desires are, which is so opposite of what Jesus told us and how we go about finding our lives. Our true identity is a life so full of God, a life where He increases and we decrease. So I want us to ask ourselves a few questions about our identity. And we're going to make these questions personal, okay? So I want you to ask yourself, how do I want people to view me? Think about that. Do you want people to view you as that filtered, perfect image you portray on Instagram? Do you want people to view you as the perfect wife or perfect mom? Do you want people to view you as super successful or influential or beautiful or a good person? You know, how we want others to see us is usually what we think we should be based on society, based on our Instagram feed, what we see on Netflix or other media. The world says, create your image. And the world stresses the importance of self-image. But the word says, we're created in God's image to lose our image so that his image can be seen through us. So I want to encourage you to ask God if there are any adjustments he would want you to make in how you want others to view you. All right? Now, another question I want us to ask ourselves. How do I honestly view myself? Think about that. And I'm talking without the filters, behind the scenes, okay? You know, so often I think we work really hard to create one thing that people see on the outside, but on the inside, we see something else. And we often focus on our weaknesses or what we perceive as failures. We focus on our insecurities. We think we're not good enough or pretty enough or spiritual enough. And usually how we see ourselves is because of past experiences or comparisons or things people have said to us, even lies from the enemy. And then they become things that we believe as truth about ourselves. But I want to tell you, God sees you as his masterpiece. I want to encourage you to ask God if there are any adjustments he would want you to make in how you view yourself, okay? Now, one more question. I want us to ask ourselves, how does God view me? Think about that. And I want to tell you, according to Ephesians 2 and verse 10, God views you as his masterpiece. According to Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God views you in his image. According to 1 John 3, 1, God views you as his beloved child. According to Romans 8, 37, God views you 
as more than a conqueror. According to 1 Corinthians 3:16, God views you as his temple. According to John 15:15, 15, 15, he views you as his friend. Is his view of you different than yours? We are created to be his image bearers, making him known and bringing glory to him, not ourselves. And that is the life that brings so much freedom and fulfillment. And that is our true identity. I want you to look with me at Romans chapter 12, the first two verses. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It tells us not to be conformed to the world. You know, we spend a whole lot of time trying to conform to this world. Yeah, we say we're Christians, but we want to be like the world. We want to look like the world. We want to do what the world is doing. We want to be accepted by the world. And the result is that they just see us as someone just like them who says they're a Christian, but doesn't act any different. So then what in us would draw them to God if that's how we live? But these verses tell us not to be conformed to the world, instead to be transformed. So how do we do that? It tells us by the renewing of our mind. And this word renewing, it literally means renovating. We have a neighbor who's renovating their house. I'm not talking about remodeling or rearranging. I am talking about full renovation. The house was gutted. And for many of us, that's what we need to do. We need to gut the fleshly ways of thinking, gut the identity we've been trying to portray that looks like the world, and gut the negative views of ourselves that don't line up with God's word so that our minds and our thinking can be made new and come into alignment with God. But this is not something that we can do on our own, in our own strength. It's not like the house where with human strength you start demolition. But this is the process we have been talking about all throughout this series, where we come to God. That's presenting ourselves to Him as a living sacrifice and saying, God, I don't want the ways of this fallen world. I don't want the ways of my sinful fleshly nature. Help me. Lord, help me. It can start that simply. And then talk to God about what we're dealing with. Talk to him about our views that don't line up with his views and his word. And then let him talk to us through the truth of his word. His word is living and powerful and will transform our minds if we spend time in it. For some of us, if we spent as much time in his word as we do scrolling through social media to see what the world is doing and trying to conform to them, we would see transformation in our lives. And then, when we allow the word to transform our minds, Romans 12, 2, which we just read, tells us that we will prove or demonstrate the good 
acceptable and perfect will of God. We will walk out a life full of God's views, God's nature, His fruit working in and through us, flooding through us onto those around us. The world will then see something different. They'll see a beautiful life that's different from what they have, and they will be drawn to God as He floods through us. It is time to focus on the transforming rather than on the conforming. Look with me at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to tell you, we may live in this earthly, fleshly body, but we can live a lifestyle that allows Christ to be seen through us. We are here for a limited time. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. We're not here for ourselves. It's so much bigger than that. We are created by God for His purposes. He wants to pour His fruit through us to expand His kingdom. And we get to be part of His plan on the earth. And our window of time that we're on this earth is our opportunity to make Him known by the way we live. What an opportunity. And along the way, when our fleshly nature gets the best of us, and it will at times, because we're not perfect. Let's remember, we are in a process. Just come to God, talk to Him about it, and let Him help you move forward. Don't beat yourself up. That only keeps us stuck. I want to tell you, God is not in heaven with a big scorecard recording how many times you blow it. His mercies are new every morning. His arms are open wide. And he says, come. He says, come to me. I've put my spirit in you to help you conquer your flesh. And I'm going to walk every step of the way with you, revealing more of myself to you along the way, producing a harvest of my fruit in you that will pour through you. And you will find the life I've prepared for you. I want us to pray together and I want to ask you, would you join me in presenting ourselves to God as a living sacrifice as we pray together? Father, right now, we come to you we give ourselves to you. We present ourselves as living sacrifices. God, I pray that you would help us to be women who would desire more of you in our lives. Help us to be women who don't want to be conformed to this world. Help us to choose to die to our fleshly ways every day. God, help us to stay close to you, 
talking to you about everything, staying in your word. God, help us to hear what you're speaking to us and to act on it and to move forward with you. God, I pray that this would be our lifestyle and that you would produce your nature, your fruit, your fullness in our lives so it can flood through our lives. Use us, God, to make a difference in the world around us. Have your way in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have loved sharing this series with you and I'm going to continue praying for you. And I truly do pray that for all of us, this will remain our lifestyle of allowing God to mold us and shape us more and more into his image, seeing ourselves decrease so that he can increase living the lives he created us to live. All right. Hey, here are some discussion questions. Love you girls.